0: So, if you want to pull out your Bible, we're in James three thirteen to eighteen. We're finishing up chapter three today. James three thirteen to eighteen. Who is wise and understanding among you? Let him show it by his good life, by deeds done in the humility that comes from wisdom. But if you harbor bitter envy and selfish ambition in your hearts, do not boast about it or deny the truth. Such wisdom, that's a quote-unquote wisdom, right? Such wisdom does not come down from heaven, but is earthly, unspiritual, of the devil. For where you have envy and selfish ambition, there you find disorder and every evil practice. But the wisdom that comes from heaven is first of all pure, then peace-loving, considerate, submissive, full of mercy and good fruit, impartial and sincere peacemakers who sow in peace raise a harvest of righteousness. You might recall in, in Matthew 7, famous passage, Jesus is refer, talking about teachers. You know, These are people that, that say, I'm wise, or even I'm wiser than the apostles and Jesus and his teaching. And, and Jesus says, how do we evaluate who is a false teacher or a true teacher? You know, in a way, it's a question about wisdom. And Jesus says something similar to what James is saying here. By their fruit... You will recognize them. Do the people pick grapes from thorn bushes or figs from thistles? Likewise, every good tree bears good fruit, but a bad tree bears bad fruit. For Jesus, as well as for James, the most important thing, the most important fruit, is one's character or who a person is. That's the, of supreme importance to Jesus. That's why you see so many times in, in the New Testament, think of the rich young ruler, you know this story? Rich young ruler comes to Christ, by all accounts a pretty good guy. He says... I've kept all these laws, Jesus. What must I do to, to have eternal life? And he's, he's wanting Jesus to give him a prescriptive answer, some, just one other thing that he could do, right? But Jesus is not concerned about giving him a two-step plan to get eternal life. Jesus shortcuts that whole thing and says, look, let's look at your heart. Sell everything you have and give to the poor. Then you will have treasure in heaven. Jesus cut to the heart. Jesus wasn't concerned with giving a, a, a five-step plan Jesus was concerned with character and who someone is. And likewise, James is concerned with that. And so he asks a rhetorical question in the beginning. Uh, Who is wise and understanding among you? This is a, this is, (laughs) you come to realize the tone of this passage, like the quote-unquotes and all that, it's kind of a, you know, it's sassy. It's a pretty sassy passage, in my opinion. If you, we can't hear the tone of voice that James wrote in, but it's pretty clear. He's asking a rhetorical question. And he's asking it with some level of angst, like, You guys are behaving badly. Which one of you is wise? Tell me your criteria for wisdom. Which one of you is the real deal? Okay. So who is wise and understanding among you? This is a good question. Ask yourself, who do you consider to be wise in this church fellowship or in your life? Do you consider yourself to be wise? This is a great question for us to ask as we go into this passage and hear what God's God's testimony and the scriptures have to say to us here. Uh, James answers his own question like Jesus does with a challenge. He doesn't, he doesn't give the kind of criteria people might look for, but says, Who is wise and understanding among you? Let him show it by his good life, by deeds done in the humility that comes from wisdom. So the interesting thing from the, Greek, from the Greek is, it says, Let him show it by his way of life. So this tips us off. You know, the way that we evaluate if someone is wise is by the general way of life that they live. Okay? By the way that they live, by their character. What is the fruit of their life? Going on in the passage, it says, Let him show it by his good life, by deeds done in the humility that comes from wisdom. The word for humility here is the Greek word that translates into meekness. Moses was a meek leader in the Old Testament. Jesus was said to be meek in the New Testament. The, the translation of that word, uh, according to the concordance of, of Greek words, is the toleration of mistreatment. Like being cursed, without striking back, being slow to anger. Jesus and Moses were characterized by meekness. And it said, deeds done in meekness that comes from wisdom. A wise person is a meek person. This is according to the scriptures. A wise person is a meek person. Someone who is not interested in personal popularity, who is not interested in attaining power over other people, uh, worldly kind of power, and people that don't feel the constant need to be defensive, defending themselves against verbal attacks or otherwise from other people. That's a meek person. How many people purport themselves to be wise but are the most defensive people you can think of? You just can't even talk to them. Because they're right. They're so right. You know, The Bible says, wisdom that comes from heaven is meek. Wisdom that comes from heaven trusts God to defend them and doesn't worry about what people think. Wisdom that comes from heaven, it's someone who's not insecure in doing good deeds and even letting other people see those good deeds because it's not about them. They're not interested in personal popularity or growing in stature and being looked at a certain way. They're interested in glorifying God, and they point to God in their lives. They're not, you know. Sometimes we get self-conscious about like, being do-gooders and all that kind of stuff, doing good deeds. I mean, the translation of um, by deeds done in humility that come from wisdom, the translation of deeds is a word that means visible goodness, even beautiful, beautiful works. Sometimes people don't want to like, take on ministry or be prominent in any way because they're worried about what people will think of them if they do that. They're worried about being you know, more heavily scrutinized and that kind of thing. But you know, the meekness doesn't care about those things. The meekness only cares about what God thinks. And so you know, this, speaks, this speaks both to a proud person and to someone who's just struggling and feeling insecure. Like you know, the, the wisdom that comes from God it's characterized by a meek person who doesn't care what people think and who is not ashamed just to do good deeds before other people, even if other people give them a hard time. A lot of people that, that become Christians and none of their family is Christians, they, get re- they, they go through a really tough time. You know That, that happens because they kind of get made fun of for being a goody-two-shoes and all this. It's all about God's glory, pointing to God. And uh, ego, personal power, popularity not something they're going after. That's wisdom that comes from God. It's an interesting perspective. It's maybe different from how you thought of wisdom before you came in here today. Let's uh, move on uh, to the the bad. (laughs) This would be the opposite of, of good wisdom. Verse 14. But if you harbor bitter envy and selfish ambition in your hearts, do not boast about it or deny the truth. So if someone has, in other words, intelligent, well-reasoned things to say, or even is able to apply truth or even God's word effectively to everyday life, it doesn't mean that they have wisdom from heaven, necessarily. If such a person is inspired deep down where no one can see by envy of what other people have or who other people are, bitterness towards others, and self-serving ambition, then they are not wise, no matter what they say or how smart it sounds according to the Bible. The fruit of wisdom is meekness. We've talked about this. Again, beating the dead, dead horse. Meekness. Not being insecure to just do the good things God calls you to do. Not feeling the need to defend yourself. Not feeling the need to promote yourself. But trusting all of that to God and pointing to God. The bitter envy, selfish ambition, boasting. These are things that really, they wreak havoc on your life. <laughs> you know, they come from within the heart. And, they are, and Jesus says, you know, it's not what the words that come out of your mouth that make you unclean, no matter what your Christian school teacher told you growing up, I don't know. Not the words that come out of your mouth that make you unclean, but that stuff proceeds from the heart. Bitterness, envy, this, this ugly stuff that no one can see that secretly motivates you for power, for influence. This is not godly. Even worse, and this is, <laughs> as I said, this is really harsh. Verse 15 says... Such quote-unquote wisdom does not come down from heaven. It's earthly, unspiritual, and of the devil. For where you have envy and selfish ambition, there you find disorder and every evil practice. Wisdom, apart from the character and way of life, consisting of good deeds done in meekness, is at best earthly and at worst of the devil himself. You know, this is... You might recall, like, in Isaiah and Ezekiel, we have this kind of incomplete account, but it talks about the fall of Satan from heaven. Okay? What caused Satan to fall in this this story, in Isaiah and Ezekiel, was he wanted to usurp God. He started thinking a lot of himself. He started desiring to promote himself. He had envy. He had selfish ambition. He had vain conceit. And though he knows the word of God, he doesn't have any wisdom. Um... When we when we when we we're motivated by uh, this earthly and like devilish wisdom, you know, we we're acting like him. That's what we're doing. But people have this motivation in their hearts all the time. People pleasing can be a manifestation of this, wanting other people to to affirm your identity instead of the Father affirming your identity through Christ. And uh, that, that's a. That's something we all have to deal with. It's a deep, deep heart issue. Because we have to be so secure in our identity in Jesus that we become truly wise people who are not who are able to just do our do the good deeds God calls us to do and not worry about leave the rest to God, you know? Even take abuse, leave the rest to God. Not need to be defensive, leave the rest to God. Point other people to God. So what is the wisdom that God considers to be authentic? We're gonna look in verse 17. This is a little bit of a break from all that negative talk. Verse 17. But the wisdom that comes from heaven is, first of all, pure. The word for pure, the definition is, the absence of spiritual, ethical, and behavioral imperfections. Like God. That's God's character. God is light. In him there is no shade of darkness. This is the opposite of being double-minded. It's being single-hearted. Pure. Single-hearted. Not by... Any any other motives? Wisdom that comes from God is pure, then peace-loving, a peacemaking spirit. A wise person is someone who desires to bring about peace whenever there is discord. Consider it. It's the opposite of being destructive, of abusing power. It's someone who thinks about other people. You know, Jesus says, you know, you should have the same attitude, or Paul says, you should have the same attitude that was in Christ Jesus. Didn't consider equality with God something to be grasped. Made himself nothing. Do not look only to your own interests. Look look to the interests of others. In humility, consider others better than yourself. That is the considerate spirit. And this is my very favorite. Submissive. Now, the the thing that really speaks to me about this, the direct translation from the Greek is a word that is persuadable. Okay? So, submissive. Think about the conversations that you have on Facebook if you're the type of person that likes to have conversations on Facebook about things that are important to you. Are you a persuadable person, or do you go into a conversation already having your everything figured out? You know? Are you the type of person that's open to being persuaded by the truth, if someone else has some truth? Do you have that posture of humility where, in a discourse, you could be won over to the other side if the evidence was good enough? It's It's a beautiful characteristic to have. And let me tell you, you have a lot, much better conversations. I still can't do it on Facebook myself. I mean, I've tried to have conversations on Facebook. It's a wolf down in there, man. They tear you apart they tear off your legs and arms and eat your remains. That's how Facebook is. You don't read YouTube comments. Uh, you know, people are very negative. They're t- trolls, they call them, right? That's the, that's the thing. But as for you, Christians who follow Jesus, be wise. Be persuadable. Think of how much you can learn and grow by being persuadable. Like, it doesn't mean you're naive or that you don't hold convictions. It means that you hold convictions knowing that you only have an approximation of truth. And that God is the truth. Jesus is the truth. There's more truth to be had. There's more understanding, more enlightenment. And God wants to bring that, you know? And you, you could be slightly wrong. It's possible. You wouldn't believe how many people, how many different opinions there are out there on things that you're like, really, people have different opinions of that? Like, yeah, it's out there. It's very helpful to, to look into, to uh, be a persuadable person. You get such, such better conversations. You're, such, you're just much more interesting of a person to talk to. Because people are not used to that, honestly. People are used to worldly wisdom, which is you know, I'm smarter, my ideas are better, yours are horrible. Full of mercy and good fruit, impartial and sincere. These are things that are talking about the fruit of wisdom, just being a merciful person, you know, towards other people. Because, I mean, if you were ever in their position, wouldn't you want people to treat you mercifully? You know, it's the kind of thing we could all be in in, in in a position that other people find themselves in, so better to be um, better to be merciful. It makes more, much more sense. And good fruit. That's kind of a general term. Impartial and sincere. So not discriminating, not, be, not showing partiality, and uh, not being hypocritical. Being sincere, being single-minded. These are things that characterize true wisdom. Being impartial is something, just take that one characteristic and think about some of the things we talked about with judgment earlier in the book of James where you know when you see a certain kind of person, you have these automatic subconscious thoughts that are many times ugly that come out. and you, you make judgments about people all the time. And this is saying don't be, don't be, be impartial. Don't judge someone based on appearance especially because you have no idea. You, know, you have no idea what's going on with them. So this is true wisdom that comes from God. In, in, in Christ-like fashion, instead of answering the question in a very direct way, this is what wisdom is. Applying knowledge with intuition in a real-life situation that we might define it as. In true Christ-like tack, uh, James says, this is what wisdom is. You have it if you have these characteristics. <laughs> so this is the thing. You're going to grow in wisdom if you develop, if you become the kind of person that characterizes these things. You're going to become a wise person. It's kind of like, like he gives the means to the end. There, the question was, who's wise in understanding among you? And he says, well, if you do these things, you will be wise. And let me tell you, these, these characteristics will result in you growing in wisdom, especially the persuadable one, you know, have, being open to uh, other people's thoughts about things and, and having a, a, di- a true dialogue. An author that I truly love wrote something that I really just wanted to read to you about this passage. I thought it was so good. So verse 16, you recall, was, this is the earthly, spiritual, of the devil wisdom, and then 17 was the good stuff. The author said this, If you were walking down the street, which person would you rather run into? The person described in verse 16, or the one described in verse 17? Which person would you rather have as a neighbor? Which person would you want to hang out with at a party? The question, of course, answers itself. The challenge, then, is to become the good neighbor yourself. The church needs people who are full of wisdom from heaven. People who have been transformed by the Holy Spirit of God through yielding their lives to his work. The question becomes, you know, where do we find wisdom? And the answer is from James. We, we in James 1, if any of you lacks wisdom, ask God, who gives generously to all without finding fault, and it will be given to him. So if you lack these character traits if you feel like you've kind of put a lot of energy into projecting a certain image onto other people and these kinds of things, I think the invitation is to become truly wise, you know? And to ask God for wisdom, to ask for his transformation. Because I think that if all of us could be that neighbor that you'd want walking towards you down the street, the world's going to be a better place. It's going to be very evangelistic. Because this is not, this wisdom that's from God is not common to the world. It's not common. It's something that when that kind of person is at a party... A different kind of conversations, and so I just really encourage you to take this to heart. I want you to revisit this scripture this week and really ask God, go down this list: Where's my, what, where's my heart at, and ask God for true wisdom, because only He can change us. Jesus, Redeemer, mighty to save.